must have been pretty crazy to see your old boyfriend like that, huh? How long were you guys together? Over a year. We never lived together, but we saw each other every night. I forgot how nice it felt seeing someone you love all the time. I wonder what Joey's parents think about me. So what did you think of Stacy? <clears throat> she's rather pale. How do you mean? What your mother means is she's exceedingly uh, white. So you don't like her because of the color of her skin? Is that what you're telling me? Well, don't be so dramatic. No, it's simply that she's not like us. You mean... Wealthy, overeducated, Upper West Side, paranoid, ghoul chasing. Oh, for fuck's sake, she's undead! And I forbid you to see her! You think everyone is a vampire? Just because somebody well, stays up here doesn't go to bed before three. It doesn't mean they can just grow fangs but and I put think on a black beings devoid of warm blood. With just because they're a little peaky, it doesn't mean they drink blood. Roam the streets at night looking for people. You are so intolerant. Stay oh, enough! Stop it, both of you. Let's just invite your little friend to supper. If she's one of them, we'll know. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we're finally continuing our month of Amy Heckerling movies. If you are a loyal listener, you've noticed there's uh, quite a gap and uh, Mike doesn't care. Um, so we are now moving on <laughs> to, uh, you know, a double feature that anyone would pick uh, with Amy Heckerling. Mm. We're going to take a look at uh, Mike's favorite movie, Johnny Dangerously, and uh, yes. then a movie that looks like it was made for about 19 cents, Vamps. Uh, so this will be interesting. So Mike, um, I guess let's start with Johnny Dangerously. Uh, let's just, uh, jump into this. We've talked about how she has this, um, kind of eternal affection for these old gangster movies. Like she's mentioned it in more than one interview, especially these kind of old Jimmy Cagney movies. And this definitely is a satire, but definitely in that vein, starring of all people, Michael Keaton. So when you finally sat down and watched Johnny Dangerously, which I told you you would hate, um, after I saw it, what did you think? Was I right in assuming that you would have vitriol for this movie? Yes. But my, uh, first thought was, uh, what did we cut, and how many films uh, does Miss Hackerling have on her filmography? Um, because I knew Chevy Chase was a no go. Yep, for me. Look who's but talking was there to. Anything else? Look who's talking to was the other one. God. Yeah. So I guess there's a limit <laughs> to the films uh, that she has directed, uh, and I reached it with <laughs> our list. Yeah, uh, including Johnny Dangerously. I, I am not into, as if you go back to our loser episode where we naturally talked about uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. Of course. What? That's what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the one. Um, I wasn't really into that movie. Uh, I'm not really into this. I don't want to say genre, but I guess the time period of the genre that she's mm. looking back to that she loves. Because uh, it, you know, obviously now seems kind of hokey and dated and kind of laughable even when the characters are uh coming across as uh threatening or intense and so she attempts to i guess maybe fix those perceptions that someone like myself would have (laughs) about that particular time period uh by making it a broad satire of of the whole genre but it's so 
distinctly a love letter to the genre that you still kind of have to be a fan of it to really like enjoy the humor, if you want to call it that. And I did not <laughs> at all. So I am a fan of those old gangster movies. Like I haven't seen a lot of them, but the ones that I have, I've actually enjoyed. Um, and this still isn't fucking funny. Like it's just, it's so it broad. Oh God. So awful. Like Jesus, like Joe Piscopo was like, He's mildly funny for about 90 seconds on SNL. Like that is, that is his lane. Uh, you have him as a character who continues to speak, uh, in this movie and it just, man, it does not work. And you know what? I like Michael Keaton, but I don't think he works here either. Like it's just, it's bad casting. Like it just does not work. And I think you had brought up the kind of limitations of Amy Heckerling's filmography. And, you know, we joke about this going back and forth, but really this is, this is the problem with misogyny in Hollywood is that if you had a, a director this talented who was a male. Does it entertain us? Is that what you're? (laughs) No, if you had a director this talented who was male, we would have a lot of choices. When it came to their movies, we would have 25 films instead of Um, eight. Yeah, you this, know, and this... it's like, okay, here we are. I guess we're doing fucking Johnny Dangerously, where they, you know, they go above and beyond broad comedy to the point where, like, they won't even curse, you know, and they have their, like, fill in the blanks for their curses. And I'm just like, yeah. ugh. That wasn't funny the first time. So the 27th time, it's certainly not funny. Like, man, so much about this movie does not work. So what you're saying is no more women will appear on a podcast directed by. Is it that is like... certainly not what I'm saying, Michael. <laughs> No. <laughs> wow, this Amy Heckerling month has done a number on Thank God guys. I edit these, because this would be a disaster if I left it to you. I mean, I'll just put it on one of my other 32 podcasts. Like, That's listen to what Dave said on this week's episode. And by this week's, I mean this month's, yes. this quarter's episode of a podcast. You could just do it on that show you do with Hyro, where you listen to other people's podcasts. Like, look at this jerk. Look what he said. You know, that's a great idea. I should just start promoting the stuff I'm on yes. every week. Basically make a highlight show about me. <laughs> your own clip show. <laughs> your own Seinfeld <laughs> clip show. It'd be great. Yeah. The podcast sports center for just the Mike Dennis <laughs> for, Power Hour. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Dangerously, uh, what else? Uh, it made me question, you know, was Michael Keaton ever that funny? Like, the only thing, I, I remember Mr. Mom vaguely when I was little, and I didn't Multiplicity, really... Multiplicity, mildly entertaining. Yeah, none of There's, them are like... Yeah, I think he's good when he gets to be funny within dramatic films. Okay, that's... Um, I was gonna say... Or, like, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is he, funny he was in, sort of, but he's, like, kind of unrecognizable. Yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, movie. there's a lot to uh, throw at the wall in that movie for sure. Um, <laughs> it's 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 amusing that you know that was the backlash. Uh, other than the and you know I shouldn't say this in this type of company, but uh, when he was cast as Batman, uh, one they was too short. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dave. No, and fine. he's a hero. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Go check out The Grand Gesture, where we are now exclusively a Batman 1989 podcast. Uh, we have not yet gotten to the height episode, but I assure you that will be a it's third coming. of our content. <laughs> My JFK scene analysis of just how fucking short Batman is, this film. The other thing, though, is I just felt like, okay, I'm ignorant to this man's, I don't know, 80s 
filmography where I just was always told, yeah, he's a comedic actor and they're casting this comedy guy as Batman. Isn't that stupid? But I only know him, I guess maybe because of my age, I know him as Batman first mm-hmm. and then everything else. Uh, yeah, you mentioned multiplicity and, you know, none of these are exactly like uh, Jim Carrey's comedic run either. You know, when Jim Carrey turned to drama, people were like, oh my God, like, what is this? He's just trying to chase an Oscar. And like, you know, he's, he's Ace Ventura. He's the mask. He's dumb and dumber. Like all of those comedies still have sort of cemented themselves as like hits or they're spoken right. of as like a particular time period in comedy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Michael Keaton. It's like he, he got that reputation, but I'm not seeing the evidence that well, so there was a classic I'm, Keaton comedy. So that's the thing. I'm looking right now at his filmography and there aren't. There aren't, a, there isn't a classic Keaton comedy that you're like, oh, that's his performance, except maybe mm-hmm. something like Beetlejuice. But if you go back and look, like he was in Mr. Mom, he was in Night Shift, um, he was in Gung Ho, um, she's having a baby, he's there and there, like clean and sober, which is more of a drama, but these are all like comedies with heart, right? Where he is your protagonist, he's the one you're supposed to be rooting for. So he has these funny moments, but he's really pushing the plot forward. Whereas this, I mean, there's there's a plot, but it's nonsensical because it's a satire, so you don't have to worry about that. And it's basically, I mean, it is like, it's probably an hour and 40 minutes, but it feels like three hours of gags all linked together. And I would say, this is mean, but I would say there's about 15 minutes here that work out of the, out of the hour and 45 is minutes. Is that mean or is that... I think that's actually kind of generous. <laughs> like, I, think, I mean, I like, I like Mary Lou Henner. In this movie, the female lead, I think, is probably the best part. Um, but and then there's the like, there's a mildly funny running gag near the end of the movie where they keep changing what the car looks like, but that runs out of steam very quickly. Like after two or three changes, you're like, okay, I get it, but it goes for like twelve changes, and you're like, oh, it's polka dots, it's goldfish, it's what you know. It's like, okay, okay, let's pump the brakes here. Like this feels like it really, and it's funny that you mentioned Joe Piscopo because this feels like a failed SNL skit that they stretched mm. into a two hour long movie, and it's just like. Oh my god, it is rough. I mean, it was it was a rough sit. Like, I'm trying to think of the, you know, there are directors we've covered and movies we've covered, that movies that I haven't liked, but I don't know if I've been so tempted to just, like, walk away from a movie as I was this one. Because I felt like I could Do walk it. away for 30 Feels minutes, good. and I could come back and I'd know exactly what was happening, because it was still nonsense. Like, Try watching just... it for 8 minutes, and then doing a 20-minute podcast on it. That's, fine. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you you made the right choice. You know, like we covered, of course, Scorsese and there was one movie in there that I didn't like at all and you did like. But that is a movie that at least makes some interesting choices, whereas this is just like it's, you know, uh, a guy with an accent slipping on a banana peel for 100 minutes. Like it's rough to watch. And it sucks because I think Amy Heckerling probably really likes this movie because like she loves what it's based on. You will be happy to know that her least favorite movie is the Chevy Chase movie. She hates it. She of course. She thinks it's a terrible movie, and she hates him. So you're in her camp on As that one. As anyone would. As <laughs> any right-minded person would, especially now. But this movie, oh my god. Like I, And it's interesting, because I remember when this movie came out, because I remember friends of mine, when I was much younger, talking about how funny this was. And maybe that's the key, is seeing this when you're like 12 years old. Like, this might seem funny. To like a seventh grader but like watching it now you know as a grown man i'm like what what am i e-? i so with comedy sometimes of course we've talked about how comedies are structured in a way where it is 
it is the least objective type of experience when it comes to film, right? But usually, even with a comedy you don't like, I can like I can see where the laugh is. I can see where it's built, and I'm like, okay, I didn't find that funny, but I get why. And this I don't like. It's just like it's kind of a mystery to me as I'm watching it. Like, oh, is that the gag? Was that the punchline? Him blowing up, I guess, is the funny part. Like, it's it's a really it was a really rough sit for for me uh, personally to watch this movie. It was tough. I'm trying to think of. Uh... You know, future uh, comedy directors or people who would be known for comedy classics mm-hmm. that we can could include on this show. Or like right, just saying like I think maybe. month month uh, one or two. I guess it would have been months. Whenever it was John fucking Ford, mm-hmm. I was, was really pushing two. for Billy Wilder. Oh yeah, we haven't gone back to that. We should do that. No, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've been scheduling this. You have no, you have no leg to stand on. This That's time. what I get. You're saying I'm, be, I, I deserve this because I'm trying to support women. Dave, what has happened to you? And they said, what is? You moved to Red State, Kentucky, and you decided to try to fit in. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wanted to talk about Amy Heckerling because I wanted to talk about Clueless and nope, Strangely not yet. Loser. Sorry, nope. We're not at Clueless yet. What's next, Dave? There. What? <laughs> what is next? Uh, so we're talking about Johnny Dangerously and Vamps in this episode. Um, and then the next episode, Mike, our final episode of the month, you'll finally get to talk about Kentucky's love for Clueless. You'll, you'll finally get to talk about that. That, that was mean. Uh, I am ready to talk about Vamps now. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Vamps. So I kind of said in the intro to this um to this episode that it looks really cheap um and it does um all i kept thinking while i was watching this movie is like god will someone give this woman a fucking budget jesus christ like box this... office of three thousand three hundred sixty one dollars <laughs> what <laughs> was this released what is <laughs> what are these numbers i'm looking at here and the thing is i didn't hate this movie i kind of liked it i had fun with it i didn't mind it at all um i just wish that it didn't look like the special effects were done with like MS paint. Like it is rough to watch. I mean, clearly everyone here is having a very good time. And I think like as an audience member, like I was just feeling that. So I was like kind of getting into it, but it's hard to get past. Like if you're going to watch a movie, a, you know, something that was supposed to be released in cinemas, you want it to look good. Like that's part of the process. And like this movie, it just, it just looks kind of dank and like, you know, and I know that it's like a vampire movie, so you're going to have some darkness. But when you have personalities like you do in this movie, like Alicia Silverstone, um, um, you know, like everyone here like has this joy to them. And the movie doesn't like it doesn't have that look. And I really wish that it did. Shot in Detroit over 37 days. That's a no, no wonder. odd one. <laughs> no wonder it looks so dark and ugly. It's in Detroit. I, okay. To me... I think this is, and we just stumbled upon this because both of us, I guess, I don't even want to say pre-show because I think if you just listen to 15 minutes of our blathering on Johnny <laughs> Dangerously, you know we didn't have a lot to offer there. So we, we kind of combined these two. Uh, Johnny, Danger- Johnny Dangerously cannot stand on its own, but it kind of makes sense. And here's the difference between the two. One is a love letter. I don't know if uh, Amy Heckerling has this disposition to do like a, a great vampire comedy. Uh, it seems like what she wants to talk about is more in line with, I could never be your woman as far as how mm-hmm. women deal with aging or how society is treating women with aging. 
I, and this is the perfect way to do that, right? Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah. It's, it's weird. This, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if you can fix this movie because it's like, <laughs> you could, <laughs> on one hand, I'm like you, I actually enjoyed my time with it. I watched it and I was like, well, it was pleasant. Like I didn't yeah. have complaints, but yes, the effects are bad. Uh, some of the decisions they, they make with the story, like they, yeah, their, their <laughs> reach here is definitely not exceeding their grasp. Uh, <laughs> I, I did think, Maybe if you take the premise a little more seriously, uh, considering that it had no real theatrical run, uh, I don't think you need to be as gag heavy as what this film mm. is. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could see a more of like a dramedy with this about two vampires. Like there's some, obviously some funny moments because we're going to do a uh, interview with a vampire, uh, except it'll be kind of sweet and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to like super melodramatic, this like epic scope of this like really, really fucking Scott Pilgrim esque sad vampire that we get with, with Brad Pitt in that one. But it, it feels more like a pilot for a TV series. Like we're going to mm, introduce all the kooky characters. And uh, I mean, obviously it does resolve, it has a definitive ending, so it's not open ended. But, you know, Kristen Ritter. Uh, meets a human that she falls in love with and it's not even up in the air if she's a vampire for very long because he yes. comes from uh the van helsing family that is very aware of <laughs> wallace sean is van helsing which is great frankly i liked like it. i, liked I did it. too um, yeah i i even stranger like richard lewis which is going back to i can never be your woman where she casts these older comedians mm. uh as like <laughs> the previous love interest. I think this one works a little bit better here, even though the uh, Irishman uh, attempt to show the younger version uh, is <laughs> I don't it's know, a lot. Richard Lewis, the, the sixties version is something I cannot unsee. <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's like things are just taken as matter of fact in a way that you would see from a, a pilot as far as here's the setup and here's like the, cast of characters human meets vampire they fall in love family has to deal with it and roommate has to deal with like losing her best friend go right you have lots of adventures but it's like it both has more to offer than 92 minutes and also not enough Mm. in a strange way it is it, it just is very much i can never be your woman where there's so many elements i like about it and i do think you're right i think the budgetary restraints means that they couldn't necessarily go with the best idea they just had to go with what they could they could reasonably achieve right yeah no absolutely um and we haven't talked about sigourney weaver who has never chewed more scenery than she did in the 92 minutes here and i Mm -hmm. loved it like i was like give me a give me a prequel with just her character like just tearing through humanity because this is so enjoyable to watch and she is overeating feeling bad about herself like I, I totally agreed with these vampires more than the Anne Rice stuff. I got it. Yes. I totally. Yeah, I agree. They're fun. And like, you know, I think uh, Sigourney Weaver doesn't get enough credit for the movie she does this in because it is over the top and it is comedic. But I think there is a there's like a weird balance to it because this could very easily with the wrong actress be very annoying and very stupid and just like, oh, I don't care. Just someone make her stop talking i can't deal with this but like she is so funny and so good in this and even the way and some of it is due to the acting of Kristen ritter and alicia silverstone too the way they react to her really 
really sells it. And that stuff all really works. Like I, you know, the romance stuff was fine. It, it worked well enough, but like Dan you can Stevens kind of put anyone there. Yeah. Didn't seem like Dan Stevens yet. It no, he off. wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. The baby yeah. face not having any sort of facial hair. I don't know. It was just, yeah. were they trying to de-age him? Like, were they trying to make him look kind of, I don't know, clueless to, you know, not, no pun I mean, intended there, but. I mean, when was this filmed in comparison to, like, his career, though? But wasn't he already on uh, Downton Abbey? Isn't he was, he but, like, so out? here's, the, that is where he broke out. But here's the thing. He's, like, baby-faced and kind of lame in that, too. Uh, the guest. <laughs> baby-faced the guest, and kind of lame. He is. I mean, the guest <laughs> is where all of a sudden people are like, title. oh, Dan Stevens. <laughs> like, oh, my good. Because he made a career before the guest as, like. Just being kind of stereotypically attractive. Like, that was his career. And he's a nice guy. I've got to walk this back. No, it's Baby true. Baby-faced and kind of lame <laughs> this, is, he is an extreme put-down. <laughs> That's why the guest was such a shocking moment. Because you're like, oh, he can play a villain. He can be tough. This actually works. But here, like, honestly, all of the love interest stuff, like, it's just kind of like, you could kind of fill in whoever you want here. Like, it, you know, it doesn't matter that much. I didn't find it... You know, it's not a terrific, terrifically moving romance. It just kind of fills that spot that it needs to. Um, to Kristen get Ritter's doing to most of the. Uh, heavy she's doing lifting. the lifting. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. And she's another actress I kind of wish would get more work. Like I think she's really good. She's been good in just about everything I've seen her in. Like in this, in uh, the Jessica Jones show, in Breaking Bad. You know, and she did a she did another um, sitcom, the like the the B in Apartment Twenty Three. Like she's really really good. And it was one of those things when I started watching this movie. It's like, oh, I was so happy when she showed up because I was like, oh, I love her in everything. Uh, but she doesn't seem to get a lot of film roles. She goes mostly the TV route. I don't know if it's like a choice or like she's yeah, just you not look at her opportunity. filmography. There's like you know five or six things in 2014. Three years later, the hero. Uh, in a, I think a fairly thankless part is the, like the the daughter that our main character is trying to reconnect with. Um, oh yeah, El Camino, that's right. The Netflix Breaking Bad. Yeah, not a yeah. lot of um, movie work. Uh, she was really uh, getting a lot of, I guess, up and coming roles in the yeah. uh, late two thousands. Uh, and I think she also like two thousand ten. If I remember right, I think she also like started a family. She had a kid, so that probably has. A lot to How do. How dare she? I mean, Hollywood doesn't Terrible. react well to women having kids. They're just like, oh. Neither do you, apparently. We'll, we'll see like, you in 10 more. years. <laughs> like, more content, says Dave. Less children, which I also... I mean, am I wrong here? <laughs> no, you're not. And, you know, it's coming from, a, uh, <laughs> I guess, a good place. And you're saying, I like this person. I'd right. like to see more of them. At less uh, of your child. Alicia Silverstone, same thing. Yeah. You know, she's someone that just walked away. You know, she made her money and she just does what she wants to do and... Um, I said on another show, I think I said on true bromance film podcast, they had me come on for blast from the past, which no, that's right. about a strange episode. <laughs> it was revealed that one of the hosts, Barry, that was like one of his favorite movies to throw on to rewatch. And I thought we were coming on to like talk shit. Um, so I was in the wrong place, but I, I don't think they much cared for her in that role. And I just think that every time I see her now, it's mildly depressing because like what we're saying with Kristen Ritter, she was like, she was a breakout star in Clueless, which we will never talk about. Yes, at this it's rate. never happening. <laughs> um, and, you know, she she did the Batman uh, movie and a All couple right. other things. I don't think she was too happy with. And then she just said, fuck she was it. She's like, I'm, I'm out. out. And then uh, vegan peta activism stuff. And that's right. Fine. And then finally came back. Us. And then finally came back to be in a fucking terrible horror movie called The Lodge. 
uh, earlier this year. Oh, uh, which, yeah, we watched Which you and I saw too. together on oh. one of my visits to Kentucky, and it was and horrible. Dave got to experience the Mike Denison <laughs> sigh, and, like, I shuffle my chair. Like, I, I am... You can tell it was, I'm it was the visual representation of I'm not enjoying this. I'm not subtle at all. When I'm and not then like movie. leaving the theater hearing, well, did not like that. <laughs> just... Okay. There is a little bit of subtlety then. <laughs> That's just Dave. If you watch movies with me, which, you know, maybe when this pandemic's over. Yes, that would be great. Have movies again. If they're not all closed by that time. Yes. <laughs> You'll, <laughs> I guess this is just my training of save it for the podcast. Right, I just, right. <laughs> I don't talk about it a lot when I'm walking out. <laughs> I'll just give you the bullet point. <laughs> nope. Didn't like it. <laughs> we'll so then I just later. like, you know, told your wife how terrible it was. And she told me how terrible it was. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> and Mike was... just sat there in the car like, God damn it. <laughs> just <laughs> wasting material. Like, <laughs> you get out my recorder. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, when I, so when you sat down to watch these two movies, hmm. were they what you expected? Did you expect to like one more than the other? And were you right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Because, um, the vampire stuff is not like, um, it's not like I was role playing the masquerade in the nineties or anything. <laughs> like I'm not like huge into vampires. Uh, I have but, so many great images in my head right now, but go ahead, continue. I mean, I'm, I missed that window. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm opposed. I'm not judging or anything, but, um, you know, I'm not like a huge horror guy, so I don't have like right. a particular affinity for any subgenre or monster or anything. But I, I would say that, uh, if you have to say pick a movie monster, vampires, I would probably be like, all right, let's go with that one. Which, right. That's probably the biggest one, right? Yeah. Of those. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, the minority there, but, uh, so yeah, just on the face of it, Michael Keaton in a 1930s gangster satire or Alicia Silverstone and Kristen Ritter in a vampire comedy. It's easy for me. And if someone, you know, I don't know who this person would be one to send us like a, uh, a Twitter thread of how we're totally wrong about Johnny dangerously. And they're really passionate about it. <laughs> I wouldn't deny them as far as like, well, clearly you enjoy it. Like, it's just one of those things where, um, I'm not coming in here saying vamps is the greatest thing in the world, but if I like the two actors mm -hmm. and I sort of like the concept, even if it doesn't execute it in the way, the exact way I want it to, the actors are still enjoyable and the concept is still enjoyable. I spent five bucks on it, Dave. I'm justifying my five twenty nine purchase on iTunes. <laughs> this is now my digital collection. Would I like purposely sit down to watch it again? I don't know. That's the the weird thing about the digital age is vamps to me seems like something that if I was in the old days channel surfing mm. and came into, I might stop and stick with it just because right. I enjoy the company of these characters. But it, is it good enough to where I'm like, honey, it's that that time of year again. It's, it's vamps time, time to watch we're vamps. Gonna, we're gonna revisit vamps. <laughs> it's October twenty seventh. It's those time to watch vamps. Come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting. As I was watching these, I kind of had a similar experience, thinking, okay, I'm going to like vamps more, and I did. But I was also thinking, like, two things about satire as as a comedy styling. Is that, one, is it dead? Uh, hmm. Is this funny anymore? Oh. <laughs> and two, is it only something for your youth? Uh, because hmm. the... 
the satires I remember loving, I saw when I was young, um, or at least younger, whether it be like something like Airplane or even like when the first scary movie came out. Like I thought that was mm-hmm. really, really funny. And I'm sure if I went back and watched it now, I'd be like, this fucking sucks. Like this isn't funny at all. And I just wonder point. how much of it is like, you know, not to be rude about it, but when you're younger, you kind of have a juvenile sense of humor and a lot more things are funny than they are as you get older. Like it's just like, eh, yeah, I see what you're doing there, but like that doesn't do much for me. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, because I, I remember enjoying, I think, the first two scary movies yeah. I think I saw um, in theaters. Uh, I'd never, and th- this is like And a you're not guy. even a horror guy, so like. Not a horror guy, uh, <laughs> but as a movie guy and someone who really jumped in on DVDs and Blu-rays, mm-hmm. uh, I never bought those. I'm sure those were <laughs> deeply discounted at some point. Yes. Uh, I don't own them in my iTunes library. I've never felt the inclination to be like want to watch scary movie again and i don't know if i've expressed that fear like you just did where it's like maybe that's left for the young put away childish things but there is that element where i've never had the inclination to revisit it's just never struck me um right so yeah i think you're on uh, like and i actually have never seen airplane i think Mm. i watched like the naked gun one or two of them as a kid yeah i probably chuckled as like an eight to 10 year old, but I, as an adult, I've never, and some people really like those, those yeah. movies like airplane, you know, seen as a classic. I think, uh, uh Leslie Nielsen, 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 what is his name? Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm cr- crossing him up with Liam Neeson. There. Yeah. I'm like, no, wait a minute now. <laughs> Very interesting right. crossover. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's regarded warmly, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, would Mel Brooks be the closest his material as far as standing the test of time? Yeah, I think, and that brings up something I was thinking about in terms of these satires is most of them, I think, rely on shock value. And I think this is true of a lot of comedies to surprise you with the bit, right? And Heckerling um, does not do that. That's not her, her no, interest. No. And I, but I think the comedies that really work are comedies that have jokes that are kind of layered and structured and you know make some effort and are kind of smart like it makes like the the line that will probably always make me laugh in one of mel brooks movies is in history of the world part one where you have you know one of our lead characters this blind this blind man played by gregory hines uh walk by oedipus and he says hey motherfucker what's going on and it's and it's got two layers to that joke Mm -hmm. right you've got the layer of like oh it's kind of the like urban talk that you got from Gregory Hines, which is funny in this old setting, but he also got the fact that if you've read Oedipus, you know Oedipus fucked his own mother. And it's like, so that stuff kind of works. And I think Mm -hmm. Mel Brooks maybe doesn't get enough credit for being very, very smart with the way he builds his jokes. Whereas a lot of these movies, like things like Airplane, things like Scary Movie, it's just funny on the surface. So once you've seen it once, do you, you might not need to go back to it. Whereas a Mel Brooks movie, there's kind of hidden layers to that, surprisingly. In a movie like Spaceballs or Young Frankenstein, there's actually a lot going on. I think Film Twitter has told us we're not ever going back to Blazing Saddles. Is that They have, and they're wrong. That movie's fucking funny. It's dated, yes, but it's very funny. Like, Normally, like anything would... else, you have to keep it in context. Like you can't. I just watched. I just watched a movie from 1939, and there's some racist shit in there. I'm like, yeah, it was 1939. Like people were people are still racist now, but they were out and blatant racist. You heard it here first on the podcast directed by <laughs> Racism Dave. Good. That's... No longer wants female filmmakers on the show because they don't do enough work for him. They're too busy trying to raise families, to make babies. Ugh. Also opposes that. Uh, racism is okay up to what what uh, decade in film dave what's your cutoff i mean 
can't believe answering this question. 70s, where you have, you know, Popeye Doyle showing up, I think. I was, I was giving you the perfect out to be like, all right, so we're going to talk about Clueless next. <laughs> no, I will, I will, like, just bury myself even further in this. <laughs> yes. No, but, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you had a similar reaction to me, um, to both these movies in terms of, like, what you expected. Um, I... I do find myself wishing, I wish Johnny Dangerously was better than I expected. And I kind of hope the same thing for Vamps. And Vamps is just a nice kind of middle ground movie. Like it's one of those you watch and you're like, okay, I'm not like unhappy I watched that. But it's certainly, as you mentioned, not something I'd go back to again. Where Johnny Dangerously is like, I wish I could like remove this from my eyes. I don't, I I regret watching this. Here's an odd question I had about (laughs) Vamps. And I'm not just saying because you're not kind of favorable towards it. But I've been seeing these weird um, articles about, and we've we've made fun of on the show the the Netflix model. I believe during Michael Bay month, as far as what they count as a view. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I think a couple months ago, or maybe last month, it was the uh, James L. Brooks like utter financial and critical disaster. How do you know? With mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, uh, Paul Rudd, and uh, Owen Wilson was like the number one watched movie for that week on Netflix. Like they released the, here's like our top 10 <laughs> and there was something else. I wish I could remember that was, uh, that just, uh, came out. I think Scott Mendelson kind of made like a joke about it. It's these weird fucking movies that Netflix are like, well, this is, this is what people are watching. You know, this one, <laughs> this is what the people have chosen. And it's like, are, are people trolling their algorithm where they're like, quick, we need to spend $200 million on a rom-com with Reese Witherspoon and Paul Rudd. Like do it. That's what they want. But it's like those kind of throwaway movies that even if you were favorable to them, you'd be hard pressed to really push them on people. That's what right. I'm thinking with like vamps. Right. Are we going to wake up one day and see vamps is like the most watched thing on Netflix for that week? Like it just seems like there's these oddball things that people are rediscovering on streaming platforms. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I think in the in our interview with our expert um, with Roxana, she kind of brought up that if Amy Heckerling, like let's say like these movies ever happened and Amy Heckerling was like a young filmmaker right now, she would have like a 10 picture deal with Netflix. Like her, the way her films work, like really work in the Netflix model. Like mm-hmm. they, they would really fit where we are now. And it's kind of a shame because she's like struggling and struggling and struggling to get funding for her movies whereas if she was like a 25 year old director right now she would be she would be fine in terms of kind of the streaming model and you Dave bring up hating the old he's just right. a trifecta that's right, that's right. <laughs> and but you know you also bring up this like top 10 thing and i like i just don't, you don't believe, believe it. it i don't believe anything they say so but then like the james l brooks thing kind of makes me believe it a little bit more because like why would they they have no skin in that they game. have why no they reason that? to yeah. But yeah, like I just I just don't buy anything they say. Like, what's what's the top ten? Like, oh well, always be my maybe. He had like three hundred million views. Like, did it? Did it though? <laughs> it has no like real uh, no know, resonance. I, like, no yeah, one talks unfortunately, about it now. like you know, other that's, than and that's Keanu a, Reeves, that's the only thing talked about. Yeah, and I think movie. that's a it's a fine movie. Like, if it yeah. was featured on the show, I would have fun with it. Definitely. Um, but you know, I watch them and I actually feel bad for those movies because I'm like. Maybe if this got a theatrical run in the '90s, it would be seen like while you were sleeping. Because I don't, right. I don't think while you were sleeping is some classic, but I think people develop these warm memories to these, yeah. you know, star vehicles that they watched probably on video over and over. And uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I was trying to end more positive. I was trying to end with like, hey, maybe Vance will, Vance will have a resurgence. And I'm glad, I'm glad we've ended with Mike feeling bad. That is really... Yeah, that's just what, not going to happen. That's, that's all what fancy, I'm going for. That's perfect. All right. So I think we have uh, covered Vance and Johnny Dangerously as much as we are going to. And probably, honestly, more than any other podcast. This Skype has, call says like, 37 minutes, which I know some of that was talking about my dog at the beginning. But even if you cut out seven minutes, it's probably far too long. That's plenty so we're gonna end it here um and next week our next episode whenever that airs who knows i might just <laughs> well, release them all if, at once if we're uh, trying to stay on schedule that just means in 30 minutes from now dear yes. listener you'll get another episode that's right uh on schedule would be like last month but that's okay <laughs> uh so uh finally mike will get to talk about clueless so mike will finally be in a good mood unless i magically tell him i hate this movie which would just be me lying so i probably won't do that but stay I'd like tuned to hear it but stay tuned for our next episode about why Clueless is a terrible movie. Uh, and if you'd like to hear more lies, follow us on Twitter um, at Directed by Pod. And if you want to give us your money for some reason, we have we actually have people that do that. I don't know why. God bless them. Uh, but go to you know Patreon. What, <laughs> what, what should we do for Patreon? I was just thinking because we haven't announced it yet because it's not our last episode. Um, but the filmmaker that we're choosing uh, next month, I think we're going to be able to go through his entire his entire filmography dave yeah. so there are some male directors that don't have a lot to choose from either um i think for uh october since there's not gonna be an extra movie uh for him why don't we just do interview with vampire for like a halloween episode oh that'd be nice because i did yeah. text you and i was like yeah. i'm in the mood to watch that again sort yeah. of in comparison with vamps yeah we can definitely do and that and maybe that'll so... give me an excuse to rewatch vamps for 529 i'll, I'll cut my <laughs> that's right now it's, what is it, like 267 or whatever for each that's good uh that's not the right math don't don't check me on that i don't want to hear it uh but again follow us on twitter uh give us money on patreon to get access to episodes like that interview with the vampire episode which you'll be doing and that's just patreon.com slash a podcast directed by Thank you.